Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by A Kid's Book About, a collection of beautifully designed books that kickstart challenging and empowering conversations between kids and their grown-ups. It's no surprise at all that we like talking about the hard stuff with one another, with you all, and with our kids, which is why this new series has resonated so much with us. A Kid's Book About releases new books every month from experts and authors who bring their personal stories, practical wisdom, and childlike playfulness to the page. They explore topics like belonging, feminism, body image, racism, gratitude, and beyond. Life is complicated, and their mission is to help kids and their grown-ups have honest conversations about things that matter. We think that's pretty cool, so visit today's show notes to learn more. Now, on to our episode. Free to feel. Feel. (laughs) We are feeling our way through this episode, everybody. We're feeling our way through a lot right now. Through life, let's be honest. Okay. (laughs) Um, if you're new to upbringing, welcome. We are sisters and moms to kids three, four, five, and six who mm-hmm. drive us batshit crazy, and we love them so much. So much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we want to briefly acknowledge our privilege in getting to talk about this as our job. Quick disclaimer that though we have many certifications, we aren't licensed therapists or doctors. Right. Right. And we are basing this season's podcast episodes on our freedoms model and our resist approach, which you can download on our website at upbringing.co. We expand on all of those that we're going to lightly touch on tonight. Yeah. This is our free to feel episode and a free to feel week. Mm -hmm. We do these two podcast episodes. We do three videos on Instagram and soon to be YouTube. I swear to God, I'm going to get them up there. (laughs) Okay, Kelty keeps saying, um, okay, the freedoms are what we think of sort of like our kids' basic human rights that we've identified and that we try to sensitively um, connect through and work through with our kids so we're not over-controlling and over-dominating what we believe is their inner wisdom and inner authority. Yeah, I think these are realms of our kids' lives that that we want to help them attune to personally and intimately. Free to nourish, free to feel, free to Mm -hmm. speak, free to express, right? Free to contribute, free to move, all these things. Mm -hmm. We have a big job as parents to get shit done. Mm -hmm. And also, as far as we're concerned, not get in there too much, right? Right, not undermine our kids' growth or their skill building or their Mm self-awareness and all those things. So that's what we're expanding on in each of these episodes. We're kind of busting these freedoms open. Um, And our uh, kind of uh, complementary episode to this is a QA and a uh, about tantrums. So you can dive into that. It's not um, about tantrums. It's really like about one tantrum. And we sort of riffed on what we would do in that and have done a 
billion times. <laughs> one tantrum then, is universal. Let's one like, tantrum yeah. at a time, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we like to start these episodes with a hard stuff, the good stuff segment where we share a story, share something going on, and we try to decide and connect about why it's all good, why these um, challenges in our lives are opportunities <clears throat> for connection, for growth, for all the good things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so Which is like, it's kind of hard to think about that right now and to feel that yeah. right now. And um, what yeah. did you want to share, Kel? Um, I feel like I'm in a big uh, hard stuff's the good stuff quandary mm-hmm. moment in my life. It's easier for me to say, oh, this tantrum my kid did. I can rationalize and justify all the reasons that that's building skills and brains and connection and practicing all these things and building emotional intelligence and that's all the things, noble shit. All the things we're going to get into in this episode, basically. Um, and then I'm looking to a more real life feeling right now of what I'm feeling, which is a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety um, about what's next, about this sense of impending something. Um, and I'm struggling about it. Mm-hmm. And it feels really good even just saying it. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everybody to tell somebody that you're struggling. I did a big arm motion there that nobody could see. I saw it. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> um, what's what's hard for you right now? I feel like we're all sort of united by this hard stuff right mm-hmm. now. And that's what feels like the good stuff to me. Mm-hmm. And not that I wouldn't wish this on just one person or just me and not something that's a more universal situation, but there can be, there must be positive um, ramifications of us all experiencing this in some way, some to some degree, mm-hmm. um, in the same way or about the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I, I feel like I'm... I'm concerned. I'm anxious. I'm feeling very self-centered. I'm feeling very go down the the fear spiral. And I think the good thing about that is that this idea that we have kids and we have to think about, I'm thinking about personally, the impact that my anxiety is having on them. And it's not making me feel shame or more stress. It's making me think about what's important and what Mm -hmm. my job is. And so it's giving me a job instead of just like floating away in like this crazy anxiety spiral. I'm having to get really clear to be like, no, this isn't productive. This isn't healthy. I'm not going to look at that account anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to necessarily read this. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to make these changes in my life Mm -hmm. right now to feel healthy and productive. And I think it's the good stuff is our kids always. They're the hard stuff and the good stuff. Oh, I love that. And so it just, it makes me feel very lucky that they are helping me focus and stay attuned to myself and to them in a very heightened kind of time in our lives. Yeah, but this is sort of a catch-22 because I feel like you and I can connect on the fact that we are basically programmed to be highly successful and happy in a quarantine situation. Personally, (laughs) we're introverts, so we like that idea. Just pare down. Just don't See talk to anyone. People. Don't go go leave the house. Just read your books and hang out. And then yeah. the opposite of that is try to do that while people, kids are all over you, needing you, asking you. So it's like someone's like, 
take this dream. Here you go, introvert. I'm going to tease you with this beautiful quarantine situation where you can be out in nature and bake stuff. It's not a beautiful quarantine, but it's like we're making the best of it quarantine. But still. And then they're just like, and struggle doing all of that with four tiny humans. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. But I feel like, too, Hannah, we've talked about this. And actually, the empowerment episode of The Hard Stuff's The Good Stuff from a season ago. I don't remember that at all. It was when Grandpa died. And that night we recorded. You blacked it out. (laughs) Totally. Um, But we recorded that night about how these these hard moments are moments of clarity for us. Mm -hmm. And that is the gift they give us is to say, what is fucking important? What do I care about? Is it like, where is my brain? And I think about Eckhart Tolle so much because I've read so uh, like little clips of his and his book. What is it? The Power of Now or something. We'll mm-hmm. put it in the show notes. But he talks about how, <clears throat> what is the difference between and can we be um, mindfully looking at our life situation as a different thing than our life right now. Mm -hmm. And that's helped me find so much clarity in the moment and being like, is my stress, are my thoughts, is this feeling I'm having from my life situation, which is something that's outside my control, bigger than I am, basically living in the fucking matrix, or am I paying attention to my life right now? Which you do have control over in some ways. Yes, and this moment, as it is, talking to another human, cutting up vegetables for another human, whatever it is, that is our life right now. And that is a reminder to come back to our present self, Mm -hmm. to be mindful and conscious and in the moment as much as we can in this crazy time of swirling, fearful thoughts. I love that, Kel. And it it makes me think of Byron Katie talking about, or maybe it was Eckhart Tolle, just even like the pain that we experience is literally from regretting and perseverating over the past or like freaking out and projecting about the future and our pain isn't ever very rarely actually in the moment are we actually in pain now are we actually in threat right this minute and i know that's that's a question we're all asking ourselves quite a bit but i think i love just that idea of being like can we just live now and be in the moment be making changes, be mindful, mm-hmm. be thinking ahead, yes, all those but, things. And I think that this episode so much, free to feel, isn't just about being like, let's grant our kids this idea mm-hmm. to this, this right. Oh my God, they get to feel all over us all the time. Thanks. It's really saying we all have this right to be feeling these things <clears throat> and to not be hijacked by those feelings. To be to be present in our bodies and be thinking about how our feelings are just information and they're not reality. Well, and that's the fine line in the middle way we talk about of saying my feelings aren't facts, but they're also not total bullshit. They're they're mm-hmm. they're not who I am, but they're, they're also, not who our kids are right. or <clears throat> something trivial. Right. They're that middle way of <clears throat> of of information of a clue of a way to attune and better understand ourselves you know let's dive in okay okay (laughs) do you want to read the goals uh and kind of description of this freedom yeah um the goals which you can download in our um our freedom model pdf on our website is free to feel a self-aware person who is intimately engaged with their inner workings and underlying needs who's able to self-regulate and process their feelings as they arise, who believes in the power of vulnerability, a skill to work through challenges respectfully rather than react with defensiveness, hostility, or isolation, a person who embraces feelings as a critical opportunity to better understand and connect with themselves and others. 
that's our goal for our children and I feel like that's a goal for me <laughs> I'm like that sounds pretty good I want to be like that more not oh, even like that all the good. time just you know little snippets yeah. a minute a day would be nice ideal ideal <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty good okay and then read the the freedom yeah the blurb. description yeah. just so we can get our minds around this like scenario anger sadness fear Kids' big emotions can ebb and flow faster than we can keep track, and over what often seem like the most ridiculous reasons or amidst the most inconvenient moments. Mm -hmm. This freedom is a reminder that despite the challenges that kids' feelings create at home and within us, all feelings are critical to express and examine for our health and relationships. Freedom to feel encourages us to support our kids in moving through their emotions without inhibition, identifying them without shame, and to learning calming techniques that can restore balance and harmony to us all. We seek to nurture kids' growing emotional intelligence rather than limit, judge, or control the developing expression of their challenging experiences. Oh, <clears throat> Again, goals. Big ask, right? <laughs> Especially yeah. during these trying times. I'm like, those are my goals even when I'm feeling like I'm at my best. Mm -hmm. And I'm absolutely fucking not at my best right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's this episode about, Kel? What's, what's the point of this episode, really? <laughs> I think is to say, like we say every freedom episode, how can we sensitively support our kids through this freedom, their freedom to feel? We've, we've decided to buy in. We're saying, this is important. We want to be conscious and mindful um, and sensitive about how we engage with them in these moments. And then also, how do we get from point A to point B? But yeah. in this episode as well is saying, this is such a big ask, getting in there with our kids' feelings, especially when we're feeling this fragile ourselves. And a part of this episode for me, a big part of it is saying, how can we get ourselves to that calm point, mm -hmm. to that centered point, to that, like we said in our hearts, does the good stuff earlier part, that centered place where we see what's real and the what's middle not, yeah. right? Where we can have that big picture presence of what's important and what is bullshit and, and be able to be of service to our kid who is struggling and doesn't have that, that experience, that practice or that ability mm -hmm. to, to, Pull it together. <laughs> Pull it together. Totally. I love it. Um, we have been, with these Freedoms episodes, taking three beliefs and flipping them. And I feel like we're going to move through these pretty quickly tonight. I feel like we just, we want to be exploring these things without a lot of <clears throat> research and data and cold kind of hard facts. We want to just we'll put those in our show notes. Feeling our way through this episode, so to speak. I like it. Um, but the three beliefs are this that we want to flip. Do you want me to flip them as I say just them? Just flip them. Tell me what to do. Pancake those beliefs. Okay. So number one, some feelings are better than others is a conventional belief that we hold. Mm -hmm. We're going to flip that and say that all feelings are created equal. And therefore, we welcome all emotions. Number two, we or our kids need to manage their feelings, either or. And we're going to say, no, <clears throat> we need to sensitively support our kids' feelings as a collaboration and an effort in what we call co-regulation. And number three, feelings look and feel the same to every person, which is something I definitely believe <laughs> <laughs> very often and we're going to flip that to say feelings look and feel unique and diverse to every person so all of these three beliefs flipping these things has helped us 
to open up our minds, to shatter these illusions that have really been holding us back from mm-hmm. engaging wholeheartedly and mindfully with our kids and, I hope and that, ourselves. I hope that yeah. you all listening are not like, oh my God, this is going to add more to Fuck my plate. Fuck this shit. No. <laughs> I don't want to be doubting myself. I don't want to be questioning my practices. I just need to soldier <clears throat> fucking on right now. Yeah. And I, want, I, don't, I don't know what I want to say other than we're soldiering on too. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to talk about is about taking things off your plate and about yeah. leaning in and just sitting in the shit, which our friend Leslie always says. Mm-hmm. Just being in there in the discomfort and feeling the pressure to, like feeling less of the pressure to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what we call oftentimes an energy shift. Mm-hmm. Where can we shift our energy to a place that's going to be supporting our kid better and supporting us better yeah. and just be feeling How way can we better. Be more productive. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. That's the question. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Thoughts. All feelings created equal. You can check out our episode, uh, our empowerment episode. We welcome all emotions to really dive deep into that. We'll link it in the show notes. Yes. But basically we talk about how all feelings are natural and normal. Like we, they're going to happen no matter what they're inevitable. We all have them, and they all come from this need, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they come from developmental situations like our brains, our sensitivity, our temperament, our perspective, our skills, our communication. And feelings are also, we've been discovering with more reading, very healthy to express. That if we repress our feelings, if we hold back on them, that um, it's not so healthy for our bodies. But Han, I think that that's something that's, Everything you've said in this last little clip is okay. very understandable to right. people. Okay. Like being like, yes, we shouldn't repress. Yes, okay. we should, whatever. But to our kids. And I feel mm. like that's the problem to me is saying, oh, I take this knowledge that I have that, oh, express, don't repress all these things. But no, I need to teach my kids to be happy, to be a responsible, lovely human being. Like coupling um, or our, our beliefs for ourselves and our new kind of knowledge about feelings are really coming into to mm-hmm. conflict with our role and responsibility as parents. And I feel like that's where a lot of the conflict lies when we're trying to support our kids through their big feelings, right? Totally. I mean, I think we all grew up believing certain things about feelings, believing happy is good, sad's bad, mm-hmm. easygoing is good, frustrated, not so good, nice is good, angry, bad. Confident, good, scared, bad. Like the, I mean, you can keep going all the way down the list that it's not okay to feel certain feelings. If you feel certain feelings, you are going to get punished. You are going to have consequences. You are going to be isolated. You're going to feel shame. Mm-hmm. We've all experienced this in our childhoods. Which is our, what's so crazy you know, like, is that like our parents and whoever raised us tried so hard to say, no, these ones are bad. Don't do those. And do you still feel those feelings? I do. Do you still do feel shame, time. anger? Like sadness. I think I felt all of those today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the full fucking spectrum happened today. So. Right. But the, the 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 idea, and that we'll get into later, is that we're never going to not feel emotions. But the question is, and the focus should be on, how do we identify, manage, and recover from those emotions? Mm-hmm. And that's what emotion coaching is it's and supporting processing. our kids. Right. Yeah. Is helping them through those things. Not pretending they didn't happen or like hoping they didn't well, happen. Well, what is that list really? What are the things that we automatically do? Let's just name them really quick to because they're so familiar to us, but sometimes I hear um, one where I'm like, "Oh gosh, I do that." Mm-hmm. Why? Why do I do that? Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things we do? Well, we reject often. And I think we can think of these as things we do to our kids or that has been done to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we reject. So we say, "Stop, be quiet, stop yelling." 
just stop. Um, we minimize. You know, you're fine. It wasn't a big deal. Why are you freaking it's out? It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, we seek to fix. So just take turns. Here's what you need to do. Here, I'll, I'll move this over here for you. Just put your foot here. Whatever. Right, exactly. Um, we reason with them. Well, I'm doing this because it's time to leave, and we already promised that this and this, or you had the last piece of cake, so there's none left. I'm sorry. You know, so kind of lecture or that kind of thing. Um, we take it personally, which is so easy to do. How dare you talk to me that way? We don't oh speak God, like huge. that in this house. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That is not Choose okay. Choose other words. Yeah. Um, sometimes we appease. We get so fucking tired. We're just like, okay, we'll go back for the fourth time to uh, to do that random thing that you oh, want. Change your pants again. Yeah. For the 20th time, even though we're late. Right. We'll distract, which, you know, we're like, that's a good idea. They don't even notice. Hey, what's going on outside? Hey, you're sad? Don't... Let's watch a show. Here's a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we judge them. Okay, you are being obnoxious right now. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this to me? You know, we'll punish and threaten them. Like, if you don't, you know, stop throwing that stuff, then we're just, you know, we're not going to go to that birthday party later. You know, we'll just, we'll shame them by giving them an eye roll or a look of disgust. Oh, that's the worst. You know? I feel like I do that, like the eye dagger thing. Yeah. Like that, that I'm so disappointed to, in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we'll ignore that we'll isolate them. We'll tell them to go somewhere else or we'll like just leave the room or or say I'm leaving, I'm getting out of here. And these are all things that don't necessarily feel good for us to do that didn't feel good when they were done to us, but they come very instinctually mm-hmm. when we're feeling upset about our kids feeling upset. Yeah, you that's know? the thing. <clears throat> yeah, Upset to them being upset. Totally. Yeah. But we have goals, right? Let's get back to those goals. Yeah. We want to build emotional intelligence skills in our kids so they can confidently explore their motivations, their needs, um, understand others really well. You know, we want to cultivate a stable nervous system for them so that they can recover quicker from, um, from stress, so that they can be supportive of other people. They can recognize their stuff. They can know what calms them rather than going to things that aren't very healthy to calm themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Chips, TV. Yeah. I'm just listing my Booze. Thing. Yeah. Whatever you're going to do. What you know, Choose your poison. Um, you know, uh, leaning into their big feelings builds problem-solving skills and solves an actual problem. So it can even be preventative, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Um and, you know, I think bigger picture is we can be rewriting an inherited legacy of control that has been in our homes from just eons of fucking patriarchy of saying, I'm going to, I don't like this. This isn't productive for me. I'm going to control it. And I, I don't care if it doesn't give you skills. These are all the skills we've learned with the best of intentions. And so we don't want to go that way. Yeah. And you know? I think these challenging situations that you and I talk about often and the hard stuff's the good stuff moments, we keep coming back to at the end. This is an opportunity to build a bond and connection with our There's kid. There's that too. Which is ultimately what we want. And we'll talk about this more at the end of the episode. But yeah. remember, we had a baby because we wanted to have someone to love. Like to love us. Love to us. Raise to family. connect with. To, you know, and, and it seems so counterintuitive to be leaning into someone screaming at you or mad at you. And that being something that is ultimately productive, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't feel productive it, in that way. No, it doesn't. It's yeah. very counterintuitive. But so I feel like at this point, we're just like, let's take all of those things that we want to do, minimize, judge, <laughs> um, restrict, punish, all those things 
off our job description when our kids are having those big feelings because I feel like in essence, they're all ways that disconnect me from my kid, that escalate the situation. Obviously, my kids are um, on the more difficult side of the spectrum, at least to me, every person is different. But my worry is that when I am disconnecting by controlling and not by attuning and connecting and leaning in, I'm invalidating their own attunement to themselves, Mm -hmm. essentially. No, it's like, it's gaslighting, straight up. Like when you think about it through a historical or patriarchal context, it's like, we're telling our kids in moments and it through conventional parenting that what they think and feel and who they are is just in their imagination and it mm-hmm. doesn't exist because I'm the one that says what's it, what exists <laughs> and what's real. Like, that's not cool. So we want to be treating our kids the way that we want to be treated as grown-ass women, right? Yeah, but it's so easy to support those happier feelings mm-hmm. than the angrier feelings. And we talk about this in our, yeah. in our movies this week on Instagram. Um, but... I think it can be both, mm-hmm. really. Like, we can take those high expectations for behavior and that high warmth that we talk about in a lot of our episodes. And that's what all of the research that we're reading is pointing to as well, right? Mm-hmm. And it's even more important to be supporting those more angrier or those tougher feelings because that's how our kids learn to self regulate and a billion other reasons. But right, I just, but- <clears throat> I don't know. I, I keep coming back to this feeling. And it feels split because I can't always do it and I have to make peace with myself that that's okay. But I feel like it's fundamentally disrespectful and patriarchal to tell another human being, Mm -hmm. especially a small child who's struggling, you're wrong. You can't think that. You can't feel that. You can't say that. You can't be that. Mm -hmm. And I, I want my kid to grow up and say, I matter. My thoughts matter. My feelings matter. My voice matters. Mm-hmm. Right? We all do. We're, we're all struggling for that feeling ourselves. Like we say, as grown-ass women. Yeah. You know? And I think that we keep coming back to this thing, which is the, the way we discipline and engage with these big feelings tells our kids those things. You know what I mean? No, it, it, it again, shapes their beliefs about themselves, their relationship with us, and their relationship with the world. Mm-hmm how we go about it shapes those beliefs for them. Yeah, and it's just a question. It's not the worst or the best or the ultimate, but it's just saying, let's ask ourselves, let's question, am I giving my kid the impression that they don't have the right to feel it and they don't have the right to express it? And therefore, don't have the right to be something because our kids really do. The the feel and believe are very closely connected in those Mm -hmm. early years and they don't necessarily have to be based on the way we engage with them and respond to them during okay. those tough times. Let's go into number two, which is really okay. how can we self-reg to co-reg? Mm-hmm. So we've made it our job. We've talked about in other episodes too that our kids need help. Mm-hmm. Their brains are under construction. They cannot, we can't say calm down. That's not going to make them calm down, right? Go to your calm down corner. <laughs> <laughs> calm down, be quiet, pull it together. As soon What's as you're calm, <laughs> we'll talk about this. That's, that's never going to happen. Yeah. In the right well, so way. So what are, what happens when we say that to the kids? Like not to like scare people, but like they're not building skills. Mm-hmm. They're not nurturing their nervous systems. They're not feeling connected to us. Yeah. Okay. But it's okay. It's not optimal. Okay. So we can decide that. But 
doing it is the hard part. Right. And that's where our self-regulation comes into play. And that's why we want to talk about that briefly in this number two, which is to say, <clears throat> what do we do to mm-hmm. calm the fuck down ourselves so that we can actually be of help to this tiny person struggling inconveniently, loudly, in our face, ruining our day, ruining our quiet time, mm-hmm. having, having a hard time all over the family? What are we going to do? I mean, I think... As we're getting aware of our kids' feelings and their states and their moods and their expressions and their bodies during tough times and before tough times, I think we need to be attuning the same way ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that means getting just more aware of our ramp-up process, what's bothering us, and not even necessarily even getting to the why. Why is it that I'm freaking out when my toddler throws something but not when she's crying sitting on the Mm -hmm. floor? Why is it like what that are my I get triggers? So mad yeah. when my my older kid is saying mean things to me versus when he's saying mean things to his brother. Like we all have our triggers, but even just getting um, aware of how our bodies are responding, where we're ramping up to a four, five, six, getting aware of that process can help us to manage and basically self-regulate to then be able to manage and support and co-regulate with our kids yeah so i think that's the first step is being like where in my body what's happening most of us have again because no one ever talked to us about feelings we disconnect our mind from our body so we're like feelings they're just in my mind blah Mm -hmm. and we're not even noticing that oh our jaw is super clenched our face feels really hot our chest feels really tight you know we're clenching our fists, certain things that like we probably did in the moment when we were children mm-hmm. and experiencing this thing that we're experiencing with our kids. And I oh. think that's the first step is just being like, what's going on with this bod in this moment? Um, because then we can work to, we can't always calm down our brains. Those are really difficult to calm down, but we can calm our bodies, which mm-hmm. can then calm our brains, being that they're connected. What all. do you do to calm down your body? And I know we'll talk about this in videos this <clears> week too. <throat> yes, I would say just a couple quick things. You know, I breathe. I tend to get very tight chested. Just breathe, hand. Just take just a couple breaths. Just calm you. down. Don't tell me to do that. <laughs> but really, like breathing, I do box breathing. So I'll realize my chest is tight. I'll start noticing and be like, Oh God. And take a box breath. So I'll do four seconds in, hold for four seconds, four seconds out. I'll do that multiple times. And I'm noticing that earlier and earlier and earlier in a moment with my kids where it's like, it used to be like way too late, like too late Mm -hmm. for box breathing hand. (laughs) But now I'm working it backwards. And all of these things and our, these self-regulation talk strategies. about baby steps forward. We do baby steps backward. We do. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, other people will, um, you know. Oh, grounding techniques. Grounding, ground themselves. So, um, you know, again, we're bringing the focus from our brains. Just the same thing we're trying to do for our kids. We're like us first from the um, reptilian brain, reactive limbic system, fight, flight, freeze, faint situation that causes us to lose our fucking shit um, to the prefrontal cortex where we can make decisions, calm down, be a parent and adult and whatnot. Um, And so grounding is a great way to do that. So paying attention to your environment will bring that focus in your brain. So counting things in the room. How many chairs do I see? I'm going to look for the color green. Oh, I'm looking at the branches swaying outside. Any kind of mindfulness technique. Or I'm touching my my legs or clapping my hands. Mm -hmm. Ways to connect physically. So through touch, sight, sound, smell. Smell a candle. Like, mm-hmm. listen to the birds chirping. Anything will help move your brain back to reality mode from out of that, like, my life situation mode to just my life right now, which is mm-hmm. not an emergency, right? 
Um, these are a lot of ways that we're going to share a lot more um, kind of more ideas. On, we do, yeah, on we do Instagram, a lot of visualization things too. Yeah. We like to. Oh, you love oh, the visualization. Well, Kel. we each have our own TV show that we picture ourselves on. Mm-hmm. Mine was the Mindy Project for a long time. Mine is Thirty Rock. Yeah, style. But yeah picturing being like this is a tv show this is a reality show like it helps pull me up out of it and be like i think this is funny and i'm not it's not because i'm gonna laugh at my kid but Mm -hmm. it's saying i'm watching this as an like an exterior viewer Mm -hmm. with like a dry humor slant yeah yeah totally or this is gonna be funny when i tell my partner tomorrow or I'll like imagine I'm like I'm a childcare provider or a therapist. Like mm-hmm. this is how I would deal with this, this is child so interesting. Right now. Yeah, interesting. This is how I deal with my child right now. Yeah, you and know? just taking the personal element mm-hmm. out. Right. Or even something where it's like you know we were talking recently today about like how this is like a health issue where we're like think about this as we're supporting our kids cleansing themselves mm-hmm. of this emotional stress. If this is a stress response our kids are dealing with. So if we can just think, oh my gosh, I'm just like their nutritionist. Mm-hmm. I'm their wellness expert. <laughs> I'm going to sit next to them and help them process this stress and um, and cleanse their systems. So it'd be great. Taking our job, not ourselves seriously, like one of our empowerments. Yes. This absolutely. is my job to do X, Y, Z. Here's the, here are the <clears> things <throat> that are not my job, which is to take it personally, to react from a place of my childhood, to um, get defensive because they offended me, to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think so much in this step is to me this hip- hypocritical feeling of I expect my kids to become a person who calms themselves when they're stressed, who mm-hmm. can roll with the punches resiliently, who can look within themselves confidently for their underlying needs, who can communicate those needs respectfully to other people <laughs> and look at struggle as a peaceful thing that's surmountable and have the skills to emotion coach themselves and others. That's not just my dream. I actually have to come clean and say, I wish my kids were doing that right now. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I wish I were doing that right now. And it's a huge fucking pill to swallow. And it's really hard Mm -hmm. to say that. And it also feels really good. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Do you have some mantras to help me out? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got some mental mantras. Okay, Um, We'll share some more on Insta. Um, But things that you and I have said in the past or texted to one another in the moment Mm -hmm. To just stay clear on the why and our role and all that good stuff. So uh, feelings are information. We got a self-reg to co-reg, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an emergency. Oh, that that one helps me so much mm-hmm. because I go in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Just being like, what's going on? Or I told you this. Or mm-hmm. just feeling that emergency state that we're all feeling even more in a heightened way right now, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Got to find my happy place, uh-huh. you know. Um, I need to make this better, not worse, is like one of my big ones. And that happens really from experimenting with actually leaning in consciously and making it better and then seeing how it plays out differently than Mm -hmm. the times that I go in the guns blazing way, right? Yeah, totally. And they just need my support. Mm -hmm. And that whole idea that like when we can support our kids' big emotions, they're building the skills, but like they're building the... The, the bodies but we're building the relationship like we're all moving forward and we're even building the narrative of that scenario to to prevent these power struggles from happening in the future where they're going to put us out of a job we're literally going to be like what am i going to do oh i'm going to go read by myself that's, that's my amazing dream. yeah <laughs> we all have our own dreams so um that's the goal right okay 
Belief number three, anything we want to say about that, that feelings look and feel the same to every person we've decided. They don't. They're actually very diverse. Every person's diverse. Every person has a different and unique way to express their feelings, their challenging feelings. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can see that even as a spectrum within our four kids. Oh, absolutely. Like one of them is more of a an angry yeller. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. is a crier. No matter what, any time mm-hmm. that they're dysregulated, they just burst into tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the other two are like crier clinger, crier clinger, crier clinger turn angry mm-hmm. assassin. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> um, what what's your style, Han? Uh Oh gosh, I'm a I'm like a slow burn, pokey, mm. like too like really mean rager mm. like not not to my kids though mostly to my partner yeah yeah that's that's what i think that. about more like with you and justin therapy. i'm more like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah can we high five high five maybe we can skype therapy <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah temperaments yeah. right oh man this is something that we've slowly begun to realize at some point in our parenting not all kids should or can or are reacting the same way to similar stressors Mm -hmm. right that was like oh man keys to the fucking kingdom in a huge way is being like oh they're actually different one kid can tolerate this to this level one kid can't and that's huge and reading books on sensitive kids reading books on spirited kids Mm -hmm. helped us so much develop this more nuanced sense of who our kids were what they needed how they were all different they're really different yeah, absolutely. And I think this brings me to like a big topic, which we do not have to unpack in this um, in this episode. But oh, I do want to just generally touch on it that I think that these different experiences our kids have with their emotions can lead us down this rabbit hole of behavior modification mm. and of saying, that's not an emotion, that's a behavior. So mm. I'm going to be so nice when they're and kind and loving and empathetic when they're crying. But if they're throwing something or they're saying mean words to me, mean words, I'm going to punish that shit. Yeah. You know, I'm going to respond in way harsher terms when realistically I try to remind myself, which is so hard and so backwards, that it is all coming from, guess what? An emotion as well. Mm-hmm. And that, again, we need to separate the emotions from the behavior and be really getting to that emotion and underlying need, that that symptom the, or the root cause, right? And see the behavior as just a symptom. And we could do an entire episode on this whole idea, which I think is one of the biggest aha moments that I've had in my parenting, is saying, whoa, wait a second. Emotions are different than behavior. If I punish a behavior that I'm punishing the emotion. Kids who need, who have emotions, connect their deeper needs and their sense of self to these emotions. So if I'm punishing the behavior and I'm punishing the emotion, then I'm also punishing their sense of self. Yeah. And I don't want to go about that. I think that that we've been deeply programmed to (laughs) connect feelings to our identity as a person. Mm -hmm. It's like, it just, it, it confounds the brain to separate those two things. And it makes me think about Brene Brown's whole following. All these people like us being Mm -hmm. like, what? I'm still worthy? My mistakes aren't me? What? Mm-hmm. My problems aren't connected to my worthiness and lovability? Say right. what? Yeah. And every everything about modern and old school discipline connects 
people's behavior to their worthiness and lovability. Yeah. Which but I then think that we raises lo- adults who are then, oh my gosh, I did this thing. I'm a terrible person. It play, it creates a blame game scenario. Yeah. But know? I think that we look at our work as pulling those things apart, sort of untethering mm-hmm. the feelings, behavior, expression, whatever it is from their identity, mm-hmm. even though it feels so backward to us. But it's also incredibly patriarchal historically, right? It's like, Thinking about that in terms of shame, which is something Brene Brown also talks about as the greatest motivator and tool, mm-hmm. like and the most abused, right? Oh, I know how to motivate this person to do what I want. I'll just threaten to care about them less. Mm-hmm. I'll just show conditional approval, and I'll I'll put them on their knees with that. It's mm-hmm. it's really the ultimate manipulation tool, right? And it's like the cornerstone of parenting, I which know. we were all parented in some respects that way. The school systems, um, I mean, yeah. so many institutions, that's what they do because they're patriarchal. Yeah. Um, so we got to be rethinking this and thinking, do we want to go about this? Did it feel good to go about this? Right. Do we, you know, believe these things socially, but politically? It's, no. it's such a huge ask to just like flip a switch and be like, okay, fine. I'll just welcome all their emotions. No problem. <laughs> okay. I'll just start being vulnerable for the first time ever. No big deal. But I yeah. really believe, and we really believe that our kids are dragging us, kicking and screaming against our will to grow and change in this way. For all the right reasons mm-hmm. that feel like all the wrong reasons. That's right? so true, Cal. So ways we can support the freedom to feel in our kids. And we're going to talk about this too this week on uh, second episode, Q&A, and our Instagram videos. Yeah, and I mean, I would love to have uh, just a quick fix, some like go-to strategy, something very easy to do, but... That's not what we're talking about here. And you can tell from this episode, like this is a process, this is a practice, but there are so many options out there for um, basically ways we can just shift our energy and move through a very simple kind of um, challenge through a few steps that don't feel like extra, that don't feel like um, something binary, that are very flexible and humanistic. Um, I mean, The Whole Brain Child is an amazing book. Self-Reg has a five-step process. Um, How to Raise an Emotionally Intelligent Child by John Gottman has a five-step process. Just Say This has a three-step process. I mean, there's so many processes out there and they all overlap. And guess what? They're all saying the same things. They're all saying, believe that your kid's feelings are coming from a real place and need your assistance. Lean in to help calm them down and regulate their nervous systems. Support them as they recognize and label their own emotions and proactively kind of identify the best coping strategy for them personally, and then collaboratively problem solve and innovate around the, the issue at hand so that all needs can be met. And that, that is the general idea of having a relationship and moving through challenges. And that's the practice we get to have with our kids every time they lose their shit. And every time we're about to lose our shit too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's basically our resist approach too. Yeah, like this—this this is just our approach to mm-hmm. doing it. That's made sense the most for us, the way that our brains work and our practice has felt positive. But yeah, it all boils down to that same thing, right? Effort and bravery to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Those two things, just lean in there bravely and just keep trying and keep picking yourself up and doing it again, even when you're not doing it well. Which is often, often we're not doing it well, and that's okay. Yeah, but we're doing it differently and we're doing it better than before. That's the Mm -hmm. idea here is that we're failing forward. We're working. We're trying. We're growing right up alongside with our kids. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of all of this. And we've got some extra time to do this right now. 
That's the hard stuff's the good Yay. stuff straight up. <laughs> but I think I keep coming back to that feeling of like, how can we reconnect to that pure truth we felt and the excitement of making a family and having that baby? And I, I look back with sadness. Sometimes I see someone with a toddler or a baby <laughs> working through a struggle with them. And I'm like, oh, you're not all jaded and angry yet and frustrated. And like, I'm so happy you're in that in that pure place of like, they're just a little baby that's struggling. And like, why is that so hard for us? And we've talked in previous episodes about the fact that we took vows with our partners. Not Mm -hmm. everyone has a partner, not everyone had a a wedding or a ceremony of some kind, but there felt to us this sacred responsibility to measure up in the hard stuff and keep persevering and say all the ways that we're going to work our asses off and be the best person that we can for our partnership, Mm -hmm. right? And we never got to do that for our kids. And that feels super fucked up. Like birthing them was one big ceremony, let's be honest. Or even engaging in bringing them into our lives. That was a huge thing, however we brought them in. But but it's... It's but so, how do we reconnect to that every day? It is. It's so it's so easy to lose sight of that in yeah. the harder moments. And what does it look like in real life when they won't put their shoes on, mm-hmm. like, or won't just get in the car, or whatever it is? Like all of our best intentions and dreams just go out the window, and I feel like we lose our alignment, right? Mm-hmm. And I just I remember the episode where we went through our empowerments and turned those into promises. And I feel like in this freedom to feel where we're all struggling with our own feelings, and then on top of that, we're struggling with our kids' feelings. I just, I want to read those out. And I want to think about that as like a touchstone to ourselves in those harder moments as one of our self-reg coping strategies to reconnect to, to that sacred responsibility to our partnership with our kid. This is super cheesy. And it feels really well, good too. And the original intention and the joy that yeah. just that, that, the pure joy of like the moment, you know, here they are. I promise to grow up alongside you. I promise to respect you as your own person. I promise to meet you where you are. I promise to welcome all of your emotions. I promise to love you unconditionally. I promise to move through the world in a way that inspires you. I promise to work on myself and work to meet my own needs. I promise to engage bravely through discomfort and ambiguity. I promise to work with you side by side. I promise to lean into the hard stuff, knowing it's going to bring growth and connection. I promise not to take myself too seriously as your parent. And I promise to play the long game because learning and growing are a lifelong practice that I want to do with you as long as we both shall live. How often? Do we stand in front of our kids and hold their hands and look in their eyes and tell them what we'll do and who will be for them? And I think that we get that chance every moment that they struggle. Every single time we get to be feeling our vows for them in that way. That is the opportunity, the good stuff. So tune in for more ways we can support big feelings in our upcoming Instagram stories on YouTube and check them out this week. Mm -hmm. We're going to do five ways to lean into a tantrum, how to circle back when we handled big feelings less than ideally, and three ways to practice self-reg to co-reg. We, of course, would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode how you felt about our words, what you would have added, what your experience has been, please reach out. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of books that informed this talk and we'll have them all 
in our show notes at upbringing.co forward slash feel and forward slash feel two. Thank you to Alex, our techie renaissance dude, Hans' husband, who did our editing music, all the things. He's making this possible. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Al. Um, And to our incredibly talented friends, Amber Okamura, who does our art, and Mary Schroeder of Making Type, who does all of our lettering. These have been our swirly, whirly, last minute Mm -hmm. thoughts and feels after a pretty crazy week or two. And we just want to thank you for being here um, because this is a messy and incredibly important job being a parent, being human, being alive, being here right now. And we're going to make a lot of mistakes and that's okay because our growth and our joy depends on it. And if you're here, you are doing the work. And in fact, you are doing an amazing job and we're so proud of you. We're right here with you taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. One conversation and one feel at a time. So thanks for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time.